<clears throat> Praise God. Okay. Um, let's go to, uh, we're going to go to first John here and, uh, and basically, you know, sometimes we get to wondering, uh, whoops, went out. Sometimes we get to wondering well, what is it I'm supposed to do? A lot of times we have this list that we think it's, 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 you know, it's it, to please the Lord is just way too long. And because we just, we're going by our feelings instead of going by what we read in the Bible. Now, remember first John, let me just show you here. Uh, in first John, uh, it's almost at the end of your Bible, but notice this, there's not but five chapters. Look just a moment here at chapter one. Chapter one only goes to, look at that, 10 sentences. That is pretty short. That is short. Okay, so if you were reading that, it wouldn't take you very long. Chapter two, how many sentences we got here? I think we're into the 20s right here. Yeah, there's 29. Well, that wouldn't take long. And here we are at the third chapter. So uh, I want to skip down here to... Uh, uh, let's see. We'll start verse 14. I think the King James says, we know we've passed from death to life. Let me switch that to the King James just a moment. Oh. Okay, chapter 3. Here we go. Oh. Uh, yeah, look at that. The King James, you've probably heard this before. We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. In other words, it's, it's something that uh, we just see as a result in our life. So we're looking at, and remember, this is, this, Paul, I mean not Paul, but John here is, he could be at the Isle of Patmos, wherever, but it's a, it's a, I mean, he actually saw the Lord, he handled him, I want you to just see this just a second, these are, I know we're chopping up, we're going to call this an email, because that's exactly what it would have been if it was today. He sends this email, and he says, that which was from the beginning, excuse me, I want to put this back to the King James, I mean the Living Bible, look at this. Watch this. This is fantastic. Christ was alive when the world began. Yet I myself have seen him with my own eyes and listened to him speak. Now think about this being an email sent to, you know, Dustin or whatever. Well, so far, it's, oh, okay, this guy, his friend John just wrote him a note. Because that's what this is. This is the letter of John. Some people call it the epistle. And the further you the make theological terms about this, the further you're going to separate this, eventually you'll be saying, that is holy it was demanded to be read. It was not demanded to be studied and broke apart and whatever, and only a few people with the clergy were to mess with it. No, it was all of us. So he says, Christ was alive when the world began. Well, that's because he created it all. Yet I myself have seen him. Now you understand why the multitudes were coming to Jesus. And I listened to him speak. I have touched him with my own hands. The Lord's Supper that he had that night at, uh, oh, the Bible says that uh, they were trying to figure out because Jesus said, one of y'all is going to betray me. Well, there's 12 of them in that room. Could have been some more. Well, John, uh, excuse me, Peter whispers to John in the book of John because he wrote that story down. He heard Peter say, ask him who it is. Well, the Bible says that John was so close to Jesus that he was actually laying against him, laying on his chest. And John said, who is it? And Jesus whispered and said, it's the one I'm going to hand. He's going to dip this in the cheese stuff at the Mexican restaurant. He's going to dip that, whatever. And, and he handed it to who? Judas. Wow. Well, everybody knew later on that night. I've touched him with my own hands. He is God's message of life. He's the one who is life from God and has been shown to us. And we guarantee that we've seen him. I saw him. I am speaking of Christ, who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then was shown to us again, shown to us. 
Again, I say we are telling you about what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may share the fellowship and the joys we have with the Father and with Jesus Christ, his son. Notice this fellowship and joys. So if you're walking around during the daytime and you got and you think that God is you're wrong. You got off track somewhere. Go back to reading the scriptures. Multitudes weren't following Jesus because, what are you doing here? Well, i got to be here. No, they were there because they wanted to be there. Praise the Lord. So now we know what's going on. So he's saying all these things. So let's see what he does down here in that third chapter. Remember, it would not take us long. We've almost, well, we've, we read a third of that first chapter. So here we are. What's he telling us here in the third chapter? Because I want to know what it is I need to be doing. What does Jesus really want me to do? So look at this, verse 14, 314. If we love other Christians, it proves we have been delivered from hell and given eternal life. Well, okay, I get it. He's talking about love. But a person who doesn't uh, have love for others is headed for eternal death. Anyone who hates his Christian brother is really a murderer at heart. And you know no one wanting to murder has eternal life within. We know what real love is from Christ's example in dying for us. Now, this is, this is not just, oh, I had to do it. It was the whole thing. When he died for us, he gave us all of the riches of heaven. That's the reason it says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of God. You know, some things we just don't realize we have. So we ought also to lay down our lives for our Christian brothers. If someone who's supposed to be a Christian has money enough to live and sees his brother in need and won't help him, how can God's love uh, be within him? Little children, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them. So in other words, the point here, okay, I got to make sure I love. Well, okay, we don't want to get in a state of like, you know, I don't care about anybody around me. No, this is what Jesus wants us to do is to love one another. We know that. So watch what he says do here. Uh, let us really love them and show it by our actions. Then we will know for sure by our actions that we are on God's side and our consciences will be clear. So we want that. But see, sometimes we build up our own worried consciences and we think that God's not happy with us. And, you know, God's not going to answer my prayers. And basically, our conscience, it, when we're thinking things like that, we're always thinking that he's against us. And he's saying, whoa, 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 love your brother. And if you love your brother, he says, we'll know for sure by our actions that we're on God's side. And our consciences will be clear. Even when we stand before the Lord. Now, wait a minute. You stand before the Lord. We're in trouble. Now, nah, the fourth chapter, if you read the fourth chapter, the day you stand before the Lord, you're supposed to be happy about it because Jesus has wiped out all your sins. It's fantastic. I, I can't read any further without going back to something over here. And another little email will say Colossians, which you and I, we should have all these. This is so short. Four chapters. And they are so short. Now, look at the tail end of this fourth chapter right here. Uh, again, this is an email. I, I, I want to show the tail end of this email first, just to let you know that uh, you're supposed to read this. Look at this. Paul saying goodbye. See you later. I like to put on mine. I put Richard A. there, and then I have a Roll Tide Alabama on the end of it. You know, I'm into my email. Well, you do whatever you want to. Look what Paul wrote. This is the end of it. By the way, after you've read this letter, will you pass it on to the church at Laodicea? And then he says, oh, read the email I wrote to them. Or letter, you know. And then he says, say to this fellow, whatever. But now let's go back. So what did he say? Because this was good for one church. It must be good for another. Look what he says. 
Oh, it was through what the, what his son did that cleared a path for everything to come to him. All things in heaven and on earth for Christ's death on the cross has made peace with God by his blood. In other words, not your works. It's not something you're going to do. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies and hated him and were separated by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he brought you back as friends. He has done this. Now watch this. He's done this through the death on the cross of his own human body. And now as a result has brought you into the very presence of God. Now you didn't go to sleep yet, did you? Look at this. Christ brought you into the very presence of God. And you are standing there before him with nothing left against you. Nothing left that he could even charge you for. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, but what are you supposed to do? Obviously, i got to earn this. I'm going to keep reading, Richard, and I'm going to find out there's something he wants me to do. Yeah, there it is. The only condition. Oh, no, here it comes. You can't miss a day of church. No, that's not what he says. You got to do this and you got to do that. You got to do some great works. No, the only condition is that you fully believe the truth, standing in it, steadfast and firm, strong in the Lord, convinced that the good news that Jesus died for you, never shifting from trusting him to save you. Praise God. That's it. Well, he even uh, adds something else uh, in uh, in the second chapter about that trusting him. Look at this right here. And now, just as you have trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problems. See, that's where we as Christians, when we were taught, well, I guess everything that happens is the Lord's will. Well, that kept us out of the throne room. I thought, well, oh, my car troubled? God wanted me to have that. So I'm not going to ask Him to help me with it because He gave... No. You don't, the only place you hear that is outside the Bible. People in the Bible that got hurt went to God and asked the Lord for help. So just act like they did. Don't pay attention to anybody else. Just do what these guys do. But it's interesting here. Look what he says. Trust him for each day's problem. Well, no, it's just, it just automatically happens. I'm a Christian. God knows. What. He didn't say any of that. I am a Christian, but I have got to trust him for every day's problems. It doesn't just happen. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Take it to prayer, you know. That's the reason Myrna's very smart. Lord, I'm getting his foot worked on, you know. Praise the Lord. Instead of like, well, it's all in his hands. Man, you would not believe it. We have got doctors. Don't be scared now. We got doctors on drugs. Have you ever heard of somebody you knew that was the greatest whatever and all of a sudden you find out about his personal life? Oh my goodness. But not only that, these doctors that are going to work on Myrna's foot, guess what? They got problems like I do too. But yet they got to show up tomorrow at 3 and work on her foot. What am I going to do? Well, what Myrna's doing, what we're all doing, we're trusting the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you see how this thing could get in a mess. But that's okay, praise God. Look at the safeguards we have. Just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him for every day's problems. Praise the Lord. Why? Because you need Him to help you. So let's watch over here. So how he's, we already found out, praise the Lord, that we're standing before Him. He can't even chide us for nothing. So He's on our side to begin with. So what does He want me to do? Well, let's look what He says. He says, oh, 
our actions that we're on God's side. In other words, we love one another. And he says, and our consciences will be clear even when we stand before the Lord. But if we have bad consciences and feel that we have done wrong, the Lord will surely feel that even more for he knows everything. Well, then what do we do? Well, he says, dearly loved friends, if our consciences are clear, we can come before the Lord with perfect assurance and trust. Look at this. Now, remember, he was talking about love, wasn't he? Love your brother. Love your brother. He says, we can come before the Lord, perfect assurance and trust. Oh, yeah, trust I'm going to heaven. No, we've already covered that. Look what's coming. And get whatever we ask because we are obeying him and doing things that are pleasing. So, in other words, when you're in trouble, you ask the Lord for his help. It's not like, well, I don't know if he'll do it or not. No, he said, and get whatever we ask. And this is what God says we must do. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another. Well, I already believe in Jesus. Well, he's talking about your daily troubles. Ask the Lord to help you, and he will. Now, uh, let's go back over here. This same fellow named John, he wrote a great historical book here with a lot of good details. And... uh, And we're going to look at John chapter 13. Look down here. Uh, Jesus is speaking here and he's wrapping things up. He's fixing to go to the cross. And he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Okay. Love each other just as much as I love you. Sometimes we think, well, he wants me to love. And then we think he doesn't love us. No, he says, that's how we know. How I love others is because I've learned that he loves me. Sometimes we get it backwards and we think, you know, I, I sure wish Jesus loved me. Oh, He does love you. Love each other just as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. But sometimes we get to feeling that I, I got to meet problems. I ain't got time to share my life with Dustin or help somebody else out because, man, I'm, I'm hurting financially. Well, see how I've got it messed up? I should remember that in uh, Matthew chapter 17, Jesus helped out, uh, you know, uh, he helped out uh, Peter and just himself. Look at this real quick. I know I say it a million times, but I'm telling you, this is what works. Uh, on their arrival in Capernaum, okay, they went to New Hope. They were at church. The temple tax collectors came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your master pay the money? Don't he pay? Look at Peter's reply. Oh, I think he does. No, of course. Well, where did he get that from? But now what? Remember, Jesus is somewhere else. But he knows. He knows you have financial trouble. He says, well, of course he does. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. So Jesus wasn't there. But guess what? Jesus was there. Remember, he told uh, Philip in John chapter 1, Philip says, well, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. Philip went, oh, you're the Messiah. Because obviously, they know, whatever Philip was doing underneath that fig tree, the only that Jesus was there. But anyway, before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, what do you think, Peter? Do kings levy assessments, in other words, taxes, against their own people or against conquered foreigners? Well, you charge the people who are foreigners is what uh, Peter says. Watch this. Well, then, Jesus says, the citizens are free. Now, remember, we're reading this, so you and I are Peter. And we're talking about money here. Jesus just said the citizens. He didn't say one time. He said the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. Now, wouldn't that be love? Yeah. 
So go down to the shore, throw in the line, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a coin to cover the taxes for both of us. Take it and pay them. Praise God. Well, did you need that story to believe that Jesus is the Messiah? No. I need that story to know he's going to help me financially. Praise the Lord. And he will. He will. Okay. So now, now wouldn't you call that love? It is love because Jesus has the ability to help you financially and he's going to help you. Now, um, look at, uh, look at this. This is back in John 13 and 34 was down there when he says, love each other as I loved you. Okay. Where's that at? Yeah. Verse, verse 34. I want you to love one another as much as I love you. Look at the introduction to this chapter. Remember, this is just history. It's a big, long, giant email, okay? Jesus knew the evening of Passover day that it would be his last night on earth before returning to his father. Boy, now's when you really want to tell him, y'all better live for me or it's the end of it. Or like that sign on the church says, don't make me come down there. (laughs) That's not Jesus. He is coming whether we like it or not. He's coming back. During supper, the devil already suggested to Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that it was the night to carry out his plan to betray Jesus. Well, boy, now we got a barb in the wire. Mm. That doesn't stop Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him everything. Now look at the next phrase. And that he come from God and will return to God. And how he loved his disciples. Wow. How he loved his disciples. And, of course, that's when he got down and he began to wash their feet. Wow. Now, at the end of this chapter, watch closely. So he says, love one another. Okay, so what he says. They say, love one another. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Peter is actually saying, you know, hey, look, I'll die for you. I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus said, die for me? In just a few moments, in a couple hours, you're going to deny me. Now, that's a bad thing. Boy, you ever done something wrong? You knew it? Well, Peter did. But what's the response of love here? Remember, there was no chapter dividers in this big, long book. It's not that long anyway. So it goes right in. He says, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny that you don't even know me. And notice Jesus doesn't have a bad taste in his mouth about it. He knew what was going to happen. And he says, let not your heart be troubled. You're trusted God, not trusting me. There are many homes up there where my father lives, and I'm going to prepare them for you. Whenever things are ready, I'll come and get you so that you'll be with me wherever I'm at. If it weren't so, I would have told you plainly. And then they go, well, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Okay, but I want you to see something. He goes right down. Look at this. He's actually, he's telling them, listen, I want... Y'all need to believe in me at least for the miracles' sake. That's the reason today every one of us in this room should be covered up with miracles. Myrna in her foot. Myself with my job. Everybody. Marcus. All of us in this room. We're covered up with miracles because we are chain-linked tight to Jesus. Now watch what he says. You ought to at least believe because of the mighty miracles you've seen me do. I solemnly tell you the truth. Anyone believing in me shall do... Man, that's a misprint. Somebody missed this. No, it's not a misprint. It's just not read much. And sometimes we forget about it if we don't read. He shall do the same miracles I have done. Well, then that's why it's important to read the miracles he did. Because I'm going to be with the Father. Look at this. 
You can ask Him for anything. Now, wait a minute. Just right up here, Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me. Wouldn't you call that pretty bad? Well, I don't know Jesus. No, I don't know him. And yet Jesus turns around and says, you know what? You can ask anything. Well, he knew what was going on with Peter. Wow. I'm going to be, you can ask him for anything using my name and I will do it. This will bring praise to the Father because of what I, the Son, will do for you. That's every one of us in this room. It's not, well, one of us got it. Isn't that great? Cookie got it. We're thankful. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to be too thankful. I mean, that's not what Jesus said. It's not just for Cookie. It's for all of us. Praise the Lord. If you love me, obey me. Praise the Lord. And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another comforter. Okay, we know that. Praise God. Now, let's go back here to one other place. So what are we going to do? Look at this. Chapter 11. Remember, he said, the works that I do shall you do also. Do you remember Mary who poured the costly perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped him with her hair? Well, her brother Lazarus, who lived in Bethany with Mary, her sister, Martha, was sick. So now we got somebody who's sick. Do we really need... I mean, well, guess what? Your foot might be hurting one day, you know. You may get sick or whatever. You need to know these things, because I tell you what, the only thing that matters when you're sick is to feel better. You know, it, it, gets, it gets to you. But it's nice to know the Lord will help you. When Jesus heard about it, he said, this uh, purpose for his illness is, is not death, but for the glory of God. I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this situation. See, some people have bought into this and they say, well, if, I'm not, if I got a pounding headache, well, it's for the glory of God. Now, the glory of God is getting rid of the headache. <laughs> Because you're not doing too good with a pounding headache. Oh, I mean, come on. Read the scriptures and do what the scripture says to you. Okay. So anyway, watch this. Although Jesus was very fond of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Now what? Jesus is pretty partial, isn't he? Well, he's partial to you. He loves you just as much. He stayed where he was for the next two days and made no move to go to them. Now, there was a reason he did that. He's going to tell you. He says, because the whole room and all the bunch was like, you know what? I just don't think Jesus could do anything. And he had to show them, if you guys would only believe. And our situation is just as similar. Sometimes the pain we feel or the problem, the financial trouble, it's like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I know Revelation 320. He's at my door. He's knocking. But Jesus, this is just this is too hard. This is my job. I mean, it was nice when everybody knew me, but nobody knows me. You know, that's another thing about when I went and got my job. My dad asked me the other day, and I had another fellow ask me too. He says, did you get this on your own or who helped you? And I had to tell him, I said, you know what? I got it on my own. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I did. I had to go out put resumes out. Of course, I know it's Jesus, of course. But it wasn't on the buddy system. Well, Richard, everybody out there in the arsenal loves you. Well, they do love me, but they weren't calling. <laughs> they had stuff even further out. But I needed a job like that. And that worked. That worked. He did. So anyway, he goes on and he says, uh, oh, Finally, after two days, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea. Now, anyway, you'll see in this next verse, we're going to close here. Just, we're just going to read this part. Uh, the Jews wanted to kill Jesus. So look what the, the disciples say. His disciples objected. Master, hey, only a few days ago, the Jewish leaders from Judea were trying to kill you. So you would have read this in chapter 10 and 9 right there. Are you going there again? 
Well, Jesus said there's 12 hours of daylight every day. During, a, during every hour, if a man, uh, no, it, it is, uh, a man can walk safely and not stumble. Only at night is there danger of a wrong step because of the dark. He said that, then he said, our friend Lazarus has gone to sleep, but I go to awaken him. Well, they said, well, if he's sleeping, he's okay. <laughs> they didn't want to go either. Matter of fact, Thomas is going to say, well, let's just all go die with him. I mean, they thought they were going to get killed. Anyway, Jesus meant Lazarus had died. And then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, look at this, even the staff of Jesus, they were having trouble believing that Jesus would help. Remember, this was not just somebody, somebody, no, Jesus had been frequently over at Lazarus and Mary and Martha's house. This was the Martha that, you know, Martha, Martha, thou art worried about many things. Remember Anyway, Jesus said, he, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there for this. Excuse me. For this will give you another opportunity to believe in me. They already said he's the Messiah. Yeah, but your daily troubles will wipe you off the map if you don't trust him. Anyway, come, let's go to him. Okay, they're on the way. <clears throat> you know, you remember the story. It's going to have the phrase in there, the King James, Jesus wept. And some people go, oh, Jesus, it just touched him, you know. That, uh, oh, oh, you know, death is just sorrowful time. The truth is, he already said I'm the resurrection. He's not crying because Lazarus died. Jesus was crying because the people there were going, well, if Jesus had been good enough, he could have stopped this guy from dying. That's what Jesus was weeping over was their unbelief. And he's weeping. This is him at our house. Revelation 3.20 is written to a church. Every day, Jesus is asking us to trust him. And yet, man, we look in the mirror, and that's the most unhappiest face you'll ever see. And you have to think, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to begin to smile. I'm going to trust the Lord. Just like when David was at Ziglag, they attacked this other place, and they came back home, and their home had been attacked. This is the last chapter of 1 Samuel. Oh, no. All of David's men decided, let's just kill David because look what he, he's caused our families. Our little kids all been hijacked and kidnapped. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You've got to stop and say, you know, Jesus, you are my help. You're here now. You're going to help me. David encouraged himself in the Lord. <clears throat> the story of that story is if you kept reading that, well, then it was just like overnight, all of a sudden, David's king of Israel. How quick your circumstances just turn around. Just amazing. Okay, so anyway, so uh, let's go to him. Well, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow, fellow disciples, let's go die with him. I mean, can you believe Jesus knew that? John knew it because he wrote it down. He was going, man, Thomas is back there. He's scaring all of us. We're all going to get killed. Well, when they arrived to Bethany, they got to Huntsville. They, they were told Lazarus had been in his tomb for four days. Well, let's forget it now. I mean, Jesus can't do nothing with somebody who's been dead four days. We always draw the line. Bethany was a couple of miles down the road from Jerusalem. Many of the Jewish leaders had already come to pay their respects and to console Martha and Mary on their loss. When Martha got out word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the home. Martha said to Jesus, now watch for unbelief here. Watch for, I don't believe. You'll see it. Sir, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Well, yeah, but this is not the first person Jesus raises from the dead. Jairus' daughter. There was a widow woman's son 
who was raised in the book of Nain, and Jesus commanded his 12 disciples and the 70, he says, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This was shocking. Even John the Baptist, when he heard about it, he said the dead are raised. That's when John was getting a little depressed. Are you really the one that's supposed to come or not? And his disciples came back and gave that report and said, well, Jesus, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised. <laughs> wow. And in the book of Acts, we got people, the dead were raised. Remember that boy was on that, he was listening to a preacher, got a little long-winded, whatever. And the guy fell, several stories, he was dead. But what happened? Paul went down there and said, nah. And the son, the boy came back to life. If you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, it's not too late. For I know that God will bring my brother life again if you will only ask him to. Well, Jesus is following that and he's going, okay. So in other words, she's trying to cover her, herself a little bit and say, oh yeah. And so Jesus says, okay, your brother will come back to life. But look what she says. No, he won't. <sighs> yes, Martha says, what everyone else does on Resurrection Day. Because it's not the Lord's will right now. Oh no. It's, he's gone. Look what Jesus said. I am. He basically said, I am the resurrection day, didn't he? I'm the one who raises the dead and gives them life again. Anyone who believes in me. Now quit pushing this off in the future. Because this is, this is in this next few minutes. Anyone. Admit right here. Who believes in me, though he dies. Lazarus just died. Shall live again. He has eternal life for believing in me and shall never perish. Do you believe this, Martha? Now look what she, she believes. Uh, uh, yeah. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, that we have long waited for. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said, I'm the one who raises the dead. She just said, oh, I believe you're the Messiah. So you can see this is what's going to irritate Jesus. And you'll see it in the King James, I mean, the Living Bible here. Watch this. And she left him and returned to Mary. And calling aside uh, from the mourners, told her, he's here and wants to see you. So Mary went out at once. Now Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the Jewish leaders were on their house, were at the house trying to console Mary, they saw her leave hastily. So they assumed she was going to Lazarus' tomb to weep. So they followed her. When Mary arrived where Jesus was, she fell down at his feet saying, Sir, if you'd have been here, my brother would still have been alive. In other words, again. And then the multitudes are going to be saying that too. Yeah, this guy who opened the eyes of the blind, couldn't he have stopped? All right, here we go. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jewish leaders wailing with her, he was moved with, look at that, indignation and deeply troubled. Where is he buried? He asked them. They told him, come and see. Now look at this. Tears came to Jesus' eyes. Well, wait a minute. I thought Jesus was the resurrection and alive. He is. What's he crying about? Well, let's keep reading. But don't forget this. Something was burning on the inside of him. He was moved with indignation and deeply troubled. Well, he's not deeply troubled that the guy got killed, died of a sickness or whatever. But some said, this fellow healed a blind man. I was there. I saw it. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? Oh, uh oh, look at this. And again, Jesus was moved with deep anger now. Well, do you see what's happening? His close friends, his disciples said, well, let's go back with him. We'll all get killed. Martha said, well, if, you could have, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Mary said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. 
And then Mary and Martha didn't even believe when Jesus said your brother. Remember, she said, he said your brother will rise again. Oh, well, I believe you're the Messiah. And, and he'll rise during the resurrection when everybody else does. And again, Jesus was moved with deep anger. And he came to the, mouth of, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a heavy stone rolled across the door. Rolled the stone aside. Boy, imagine that. <laughs> this is the reason Martha said, Whoa, Jesus, you're making a fool of yourself. Roll the stone aside. Here's Jesus telling us the same thing, whatever our problems are. So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven. Now watch what he says. We get a snapshot of what's going on. Thank you, Father, for hearing me. You always hear me, and you need to be saying the same thing. Okay. But I said this because of the people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. And then he shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came bound with all those grave clothes, his face muffled with a head swath. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. And so at last, many of the Jewish leaders who were with Mary saw what happened, finally believed on him. But some went away to the Pharisees and reported it to them. You know, later on, you can read this. this we're not going to go there. But if, as you read the rest of the book of John, they not only wanted to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus too. But because of, because of this incident, people were coming to Jesus. What would happen to you if you found out your friend or if you knew this situation or just happened to be there and saw what happened? And the only reason he raised Lazarus from the dead was because from what we read right here, it was his friend. He loved Lazarus. He loved all of them. And the, and the two sisters were going, if you'd have been here. And Jesus said, I'm here. We're going to fix this situation. Praise God. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good, just like at the tomb of Lazarus, we believe you'll take care of us. Same thing's true financially. If we're experiencing financial trouble, you'll fix that too, just like the tomb of Lazarus. Or if it's something we not even mentioned, it's just something heavy on our hearts. We got a problem out there and we don't know how we're going to get past it. But Lord, we see all through the scriptures how you fixed everything. And so we're trusting you to take care of that for us too. That didn't leave anything left but for us to just act like these people at the tomb of Lazarus. When they saw Lazarus come forward, oh, they believed. Praise the Lord. We're going to tell others about the great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right. Hallelujah.